Welcome to Empty Pages, which chronicles my journey from first draft to published manuscript and beyond. I'm your host, Ian McTeer. Hello, and welcome to the first Empty Pages Halloween special. Initially, I had planned to talk about Sawin, which most people incorrectly pronounce as Sam Hain and the genesis of Halloween, but I'll save that for another time. Instead, I have decided to go more simple and list the top five horror novels and movies that I would recommend to anyone looking for a good horror movie or book to read. So without further ado, here they are. We'll start with my top five horror novels and why. And these are in no particular order and no spoilers. So number one, it's a book called Seed by Anya Alborn, which was published in 2012. This is actually a toss-up between this novel and her other novel, Brother, but this one ultimately won out because it's one of the few novels I've ever read that made me actually reach out to the author to tell him how much I enjoyed it. The twist at the end was messed up, and I mean that in a good way. Turns out it was her first novel, which I didn't know at the time until she told me. In the interest of transparency, I don't know her personally. We've only had that one interaction. This book is about a guy named Michael who flees from his home in rural Georgia as a boy to escape an evil entity. He grows up believing that he has left the thing behind until one fateful night it shows back up, and it is really angry that Michael had gotten away. I won't say any more at the risk of spoiling it, and no, I don't do this novel justice. Just trust me on this. You will want to read it. Number two is Necroscope by Brian Lumley, published in 1986. I could honestly put the whole series on this list. It's that good, but I'm keeping it to one author per entry. The book is about a man named Harry Keough who can talk to the dead and the dead willingly talk to him. He's able to travel through time and space to kill vampires, which trust me, is not nearly as hokey as I am making it sound. In this first novel, he discovers that he's not the only one with mental powers and that Britain and the Soviet Union maintain secret espionage organizations using psychically powered agents. Harry, though, is the only one who discovers the existence of vampires, and he has to work with Britain's E-Branch to destroy them before they can become a threat to the world. Whenever I have tried to describe this novel, I always say, think James Bond meets Dracula. And that is nowhere close. But there is some spy stuff in there. There's some horror stuff. Uh, It's just something that when I first got the book, seemed a little sketch. I wasn't quite sure about it, but I went ahead and read it because I actually found myself on a bus with nothing else to read. I read it, fell in love with the series. It just, and it just gets better. So uh, I will say that, Everyone that I have recommended this book to that has actually read it has become a fan. So make of that what you will. Number three is The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker, published in 1986. Much like Necroscope, I could fill the list with just his work alone. However, I have decided to narrow it down to this one choice. I discovered Clive Barker with his collection of short stories known as the Books of Blood, and one of my all-time favorite quotes comes from that series. And that quote is, Everyone is a book of blood. Wherever we are open, we are read. The reason I didn't go with those was because I'm keeping this list to novels, 
but I highly recommend that you read those short stories as they are some of the best short stories you will ever read. That said, this is the novel that was the basis of the movie Hellraiser. In this novel, Frank Cotton's insatiable lusts and appetite eventually lead him to the Le Marchand puzzle box and to death and eternal torment. However, his brother's wife, who is madly in love with him, has a plan to bring him back from the dead, and it's all downhill from there. This novel also had a huge impact on me in several ways that I won't go into, but if I had to list horror novels that were influences for my going in the direction of writing horror, this definitely would be one of those. Uh, but it also spawned what is probably the one horror movie icon that genuinely creeps me out. So thumbs up for that. Number four, Dracula by Bram Stoker, published in 1897. We all know this one, but so few have actually read it. When we think of Dracula, we think of Bela Lugosi or perhaps Gary Oldman. Not much to say other than this is a classic for a good reason, and the story is much better than many of the movies that are based on it. It is a little bit of a difficult read given the style of language that was used back in that time frame, but really if you think about it, it's kind of really no different than if you were attempting to read Shakespeare. But I highly recommend that everyone read Dracula and even Mary Shelley's Frankenstein at least once, just because those are classics and they are some of the progenitor of horror as we have come to know it today. And then finally, number five, Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury, published in 1962. This one is probably less horror and more dark fantasy, although there are some horror elements to it. The story centers around two boys, Jim Nightshade and William Holloway, and their encounter with a nightmarish carnival that comes to their town. The carnival leader is someone named Mr. Dark, and he has the ability to grant people anything they wish, although with disastrous consequences. And the story is basically them trying to overcome this evil. As far as good triumphing over evil, I feel like the ending of this book is probably one of the better examples of that. And it's definitely one of those stories that has stuck with me all these years. Also, if the name sounds familiar, it was turned into a movie, I believe in the 1980s, but don't quote me on that. I know it was turned into a movie. I just don't know that it was it, if it was the 1980s or 19, early 1990s. But anyway, so we got those books out of the way. I highly recommend that you go and check those out. And now my top five horror movies and why. Again, no particular order and no spoilers. So the first one is Hellraiser. Directed by Clive Barker, it's based on his own novel, The Hellbound Heart, and follows the story in the novel fairly closed. There are some differences, of course, but Pinhead is a genuinely creepy horror movie monster, and it genuinely creeps me out. He didn't run around like a maniac or anything. In fact, he doesn't run at all, but you knew you weren't going to outrun him. I would recommend this and Hellraiser 2 in the series, and I wouldn't bother watching any of the rest as the quality goes downhill real quick. And number two is Candyman. This is another movie based on Clive Barker's work, uh, this time based on his story, The Forbidden. Instead of revolving around the theme of the British class system in modern Liverpool, as it was in the 
short story. The movie makes the thematic change to race and social status in the inner cities of the United States. In addition to linking it to real-world horror of racism and poverty, Tony Todd's eponymous Candyman comes across as a genuine threat that could be real. At least he did to my young mind. Now, I always laughed at the urban legend of Bloody Mary. If you don't know what that is, basically you go into a dark room with a mirror and you spin around three times and you say Bloody Mary's name three times and she's supposed to show up at the mirror. I never really bought into that. I always thought that was kind of ridiculous. But in the movie Candyman, how you summon him is by saying his name five times. And due to Tony Todd's performance, that kind of felt like that might be legitimate. So pretty sure that you can't chant his name five times to summon him. But again, I will never take that chance, much in the same way that I will never touch a replica Le Marchand puzzle box, just because, you know, why chance it? Number three, Creature from the Black Lagoon. This is one of the classic monsters from the Universal Studios pictures back in the, the 50s. You usually see the Gill Man lumped in there along with Dracula, Frankenstein, and the Wolfman. The story is about a group of scientists who discover an amphibious humanoid in the Amazon. And despite being a bit cheesy in parts, you know, because it was made in the 1950s after all, it still holds up surprisingly well, even after all these years. I'm not exactly sure what about the movie I am drawn to. Like, I can tell you why I'm drawn to werewolf movies, for example. I love wolves. So being a fan of wolves... The werewolf thing seems a little bit more of a natural extension to that. But I will say that even today, seeing the Gilman suit in the movie still holds up tremendously well as a special effect. The other thing, too, is that this movie is also what inspired Guillermo del Toro's excellent movie, The Shape of Water. Uh, he actually wanted to do a remake of The Creature from the Black Lagoon. They told him no, because his idea was that... Instead of the Gill man and the woman not being able to have the romance, he wanted to actually see them have the romance. Well, Universal said no. He goes on to make The Shape of Water, which goes on to win Oscars. So on the one hand, would love to see a Guillermo del Toro version of The Creature from the Black Lagoon, but I'm also pretty happy that we got The Shape of Water. Number four, An American Werewolf in London. This list would probably be questionable if I didn't include at least one werewolf movie on it. I do enjoy several werewolf movies, including Silver Bullet, The Howling, and more recently, Dog Soldiers. But that said, An American Werewolf has an amazing transformation scene. It has interesting ideas, and I enjoy both the horror and comedy elements. It stands as a movie that made me want to be a werewolf, despite all the horrible things that happened in it. In much the same way, Jaws inspired me to want to go diving with great white sharks as a kid, something I eventually fulfilled as an adult. And, yes, the boat was plenty big enough. Finally, at number five, Evil Dead 2. While Evil Dead was gory and full of horror, Evil Dead 2 ramped that up and added the comedy that the series became known for. That said, it's not the comedy in this one that does it for me. Evil Dead 2 is one of the few movies that I do not like watching in the dark because it just completely freaks me out. Also, that movie adds another horror movie prop I will never read out of 
because why take the chance? And for those of you who don't know, it's a book, the Book of the Dead, Necronomicon. And in those movies, Ash or somebody reads out of these books or whatever and summons the Kandarian demon and everything goes downhill from there. But yeah, it's just a movie that for whatever reason, I just absolutely cannot watch in the dark. And I'm usually not easily scarable. In fact, most horror films, I just kind of laugh at and just be like, okay, whatever. Uh, Evil Dead 2, not one I watch in the dark. I'm okay watching Hellraiser in the dark. That's fine. I just won't touch the puzzle box as an example. But yeah, Evil Dead 2, no, lights have to be on. Sorry. All right, so uh, we have come to the end of my top favorite horror novels and movies. What are your favorites? Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram and share, as I'm always up to discovering new horror movies and novels. Happy Halloween, stay classy, and write those stories. This has been another episode of Empty Pages. If you enjoyed what you heard and want more of it, you can follow me at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please leave me a review, as that really helps me out. And if you do, you might find your review featured in a future episode. You can find me at ianmcteer.com, as well as on Twitter and Instagram as at ianmcteer. Until next time, I'm Ian, and this is Empty Pages. Stay classy and write those stories. <laughs>